So this is my second podcast, maybe third. I don't even know what order I'm going to put this in, but um, I have a couple hours of freedom or <laughs> freedom makes me sound like I'm a slave. Uh, I'm free for a couple hours um, and I'm like, yo, why not report, record a podcast? Just get my thoughts out on this one thing that I've been thinking about for a while. Um, I'm going to have another few podcasts. Thank you guys for everybody who listened. Uh, I got like 200 plays on SoundCloud, which isn't bad at all. This is pretty like amazing. Even if it's just people clicking and then hopping off right after. I appreciate that. At least they want to check it out. Uh, and a lot of people told me that they really liked it and whatnot. So I'm going to try and pump out a few more. Um, topics right now, I guess, is sticking to the politics realm, I guess. Maybe not this one. Um, but I'm going to try and post... Um, one soon about the Pakistan election, which is going to be pretty funny or pretty fun uh, with my friend. And I'm going to post a, a couple more Ethiopian ones for sure. Uh, I got a couple of people that are really down. Uh, the only problem is they're not really, they don't live in Toronto. So I live in Toronto and they don't. So it's going to be a bit of a hassle coordinating that. But I'm trying to figure out the best way to do that. And I got a, uh, I got a couple as well who live in Toronto, but they want to talk about things that are not necessarily Ethiopian politics or whatever. But it's cool it's stuff, topics that I still really want to do, like can East Africans say the N word and uh, are they black or whatever stuff like that. Some some people might think it's silly, but you know, a lot of there's still a lot of division. A lot of people have varying di- differences of opinions and whatnot. If you have those kind of if you have a topic that you really want to talk about or an opinion that you really have that's uh, might be outlandish but you think might more people would be opening to listen or uh, opening might be more open to consider if they actually heard your argument uh hit me up uh i'm good at playing as an advocate too so <laughs> i can always troll and whatnot anyways today's topic is something more to do with religion uh one in terms of like something that uh a lot of us youth uh, kind of mentality that we have that I have and that I still I had I had and I sometimes still have um, and it's something that I think affects a lot of us and it's not necessarily a bad thing at all but uh, it's something that we really need to look a harder look at and try and analyze and become more nuanced or kind of like understand um, the different viewpoints where like right now like a lot of times you might have one kind of mentality, one kind of, and this goes to any kind of topic that I'm going to try and talk about on this podcast. It's something there were a lot where, you know, there are people who are on both sides and they both have this kind of viewpoint where they cannot understand or relate to the other side. So this point, the point of this podcast and other podcasts and whatever I'm going to try and do is just try and understand the other side and try and see that not necessarily to get you to switch or change your mind or your opinion, but to be like, all right, yo, I, I actually understand where you're coming from. I see your point of view. And, uh, you know, a man's don't have to kill you to just because you have a different opinion than me or whatnot. Anyways, today I want to talk about something um, that I've been thinking about for a while. Uh, and it has to do with culture and religion. So, um, this, like, if we look at, like, first of all, you know, me as a Muslim, and this is specifically for Muslims, but uh, you don't have to be Muslim necessarily to listen, understand, and appreciate, hopefully. Um, if we look at, um one thing that one thing that i really like about you know the religion of islam and you know muslims and like the ummah the, the you know the muslim nation um one thing that i really love and appreciate and i think that makes us really unique is our un- unity and diversity um and not like them split but together because if we see there's a lot of like you know some religions they'll have unity right i guess like where you know they're create like according to the creed or the theology or the belief system they're united you know there's not really much of a difference 
uh, they have the same like you know if you walk into their like their place of worship, um, they'll like whichever one you go to, they'll generally be doing the same kind of thing, same same kind of action. But in terms of diversity, there's no type of diversity or very little diversity. And if you look at what I'm saying, what I'm talking, I'm talking about like religions like uh, Hinduism or Sikhism or religions like that where. Um, you know, they they will be united, you know, for the most part. But and what I mean by united is like they're more uniform. But and a uniform kind of sounds like a totalitarian, totalitarian, like kind of scary word, at least to me. Uh, but like if you look in terms of diversity, like you won't really ever see a Sikh who's not Punjabi, who doesn't come from the Punjabi ethnic group, or you know, if they live in Canada or the UK, you know, they're originally Punjabi. Uh, you really you won't see uh, somebody who's Hindu unless. They come from, you know, the natural Hindu base of like the Indian subcontinent, meaning, you know, India and sometimes Pakistan or Bangladesh and a lot of times Sri Lanka with the Tamil uh, people who are also live in southern India. So they're not really culturally, you know, they are different countries, Sri Lanka and India, but culturally, like especially northern Sri Lanka is very similar to southern India. So you won't really find a, you know, a Sikh who's from Nigeria or a Hindu who is from Japan. Um, nowadays with globalization, you might find somebody who just chooses to follow that religion. But generally speaking, you won't find communities who are like that are like that in general. Um, and there are the, there are other religions that are diverse, right? So there are religions like Christianity, uh, which you know you can find a Christian in India, you can find a Christian in Nigeria, you can find a Christian in South Africa, you can find a Christian in Sweden. Uh, although uh, it's getting harder and harder, <laughs> but in general, like. The Christian Ummah, I guess, the Christian nation is very diverse, but the thing that they're lacking is is unity. And what I mean by unity is not just like people fighting or, you know, people not seeing eye to eye, but in terms of just if you were to walk in a church, if a Greek Orthodox were to like was to walk into a Greek Orthodox Christian was to walk into like a Nigerian Catholic church, he would not know what the heck is going on. Right. If a uh, South uh, South American, like uh, an Argentinian Catholic, where it was to walk into a an Anglican uh, church in England, he would not like he would not be following the processes and what they're doing. It would be very alien to him. It would be um, something that he's not familiar with at all. Um, if a African, if you were to take um, a Catholic Indian or a, you know, an, or Protestant uh Protestant German are, are they are they Protestant or Catholic in Germany uh, a Protestant uh, whatever yeah Germany if I'm wrong correct me if they were to go to a Baptist church in uh, you know an African-American Baptist church in uh, you know the southern United States they would be very confused dude like what the actions that they're doing the singing the dancing all of that would be totally alien if you were to ask them is this a church that you've ever been to they will say heck no that that is not a church that I recognize that is not a religion that I recognize right they they the central thing of you know uh, exalting or you know praising Jesus is there but in terms and you the object the the logo the cross is still there but in terms of everything else is very different I mean if you took um, if you took anybody, it doesn't have to be a Christian, but if you took like a Christian from Spain and you were to bring them to Ethiopia and you were to ask them to, if you were to show them an Ethiopian monk, right? Uh, an Ethiopian, uh, you know, Orthodox monk, Ethiopian Orthodox, like Ethiopians have been practicing the religion of Christianity uh, before any European, they accepted Christianity um, as a nation. They accepted it like the second 
uh, they were the second country to ever accept it after Armenia. So they've been practicing a very ancient form of Christianity. If you were to take a European or a Spanish or whatever, and you were to take them to see an Ethiopian monk, they would think they're a Muslim. Because Ethiopian Christian monks, a lot of times, they wear turbans, they have big beards, they have long robes. It's very alien to them. Um, and not just in terms of the way they look or the, what they do in their churches, but... Um, in terms of sex, there are like very different, like they're very different in terms of creed, uh, Catholic versus Protestant versus, uh, I think Anglican is a type of Protestant, uh, versus Orthodox and, you know, all the different varying, uh, various differences within that. Um, and there's no one dominating thing where you could say, okay, you know, um, you know, this, the Catholics have always been, you know, the mainstream one. Uh, there's really no mainstream because, you know, at one point it was the Orthodox, then it was the Catholics. And I, I'm, I'm guessing right now you'd say the Protestants are the mainstream, but people will obviously argue there's no one clear answer. Um, so Christian religions like Christianity and Buddhism, they have that kind of diversity. If you want to talk about Buddhism and if you want to think that India and Jap Japan are diverse enough, I think they are. They have diversity, but they don't have, really have um, unity. There's different strands. I, I forget the names of, off the top of my head, but there's different types of you know Buddhist sects. Basically, my point is some religions will have diversity. Some of them will have unity. But one thing that I really like about Islam is that there's no religion uh, comparable to its size that has both diversity and unity the way Islam does. Um why I say that is because you could maybe make an argument that Judaism does, but Judaism has like a following of maybe 15 million people. Uh, so while, yeah, most of the people like you, are, even then they have differences, a, a Yemeni or a, a Sephardic, I think that's what it's called, Jew, and Ashkenazi, <laughs> I'm really messing up these terms, but like a Russian Jew or a, compared to a Moroccan Jew will have, you know, they all have a lot of similarities, which is why I give them um, that, I, that, but. You know, if you really look at and analyze it, they because of isolation, because they've been very separate, uh, they don't really have that kind of credo unity. But Islam really does. And what I mean by that is that you will find a Muslim from almost any corner of the world. And not just a Muslim, but you'll find a community, right? You will find, a, you can easily find like Muslims in Indonesia, in Nigeria, in Bosnia, in Albania, in Macedonia, in Malaysia, I think. Did I say Malaysia or Indonesia? One of the one of those two. Both of them. You'll find in Japan. You'll find in um, Tunisia. You'll find in Tanzania. You'll find in Cameroon. Like it's very diverse. And on top of that, the unity is there as well. In turn, and what I mean by that is that you, a, a Bosnian Muslim, can walk into Mauritania, into a mosque, walk into a city, like a, a random Mauritania. They can go into Tumbuktu in Mali. Right, they could be standing there, and they could hear the adhan, the call to prayer, and they will say they could look at the sun and say, "Oh, this is um the midday prayer. This is the duhur prayer," and they can walk into a mosque. They know exactly what's going on. There's not some random weird thing that like, "Oh, what the heck is what the heck are they doing?" Right? He knows it's prayer. All the words that there's a common language in which is Arabic that which unites all Muslims. Um, and he can go and he can lead everybody else in prayer. He doesn't ha not just follow them. He can be the leader and none of them will be confused. They will follow him and they will do exact, they will do the same actions. They'll do the same practices and they'll end the prayer at the same time. Everything will be uniform. They, there won't be, there, there's unity in terms of that. And if you ask all of them, who is your prophet? They'll all say the prophet Muhammad, who are your four imams, uh, who are the four, uh, you know, caliphates, khalifas. They'll say Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, and Ali. Um, of course there are like differences, as well but 
why I made that distinction in terms of Christianity where there was no mainstream is that in Islam, there's always been a Sunni ma- mainstream. Uh, there are Shias, obviously, but, you know, they're only concentrated. They're m- like the only place where they're really a majority is in Iran. Um, maybe you can argue Azerbaijan. Um, but in terms of the whole world, you won't like if you walk into a random mosque in Mali, you're not going to be worried whether you're going to be bumping into a Shia or a Sunni mosque. You know it's a Sunni mosque. If you walk into Sun- uh, Somalia, if you walk into Mogadishu, you know you're going to Som- a Sunni mosque. So there is a very, like, like, there's uniformity, there's unity, and there's diversity in the religion of Islam, which I find really beautiful. And what happens is a lot of times when you start practicing Islam and when you um, grow up in a multicultural society, you notice it more and more. Um, where, you know, first you're like, wow, we're so united. This is such a beautiful thing, you know. You know, we all come in different colors and different nations all across the world, all different corners, you know, and we also practice the religion of Islam the same way. And everything seems so la-di-da. Everything, when you go to Hajj and when you go to Umrah, a lot of times if you come from a place where everybody looks the same and whatnot, you really get to appreciate it. In the past, they've been able to appreciate, wow, look at all these people. None of these people look like me. Like, only some of these people look like me. But we're all doing the same thing. We all know the story. We can all read, like, maybe, like, 30 pages of the Quran minimum. All of us, we all know it. We can all, if we were all commanded at once to read, you know, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. We could all do that. We could read the whole, we could read chapter upon chapter upon chapter from our memory. Like, there's real unity. These are people I've never met or seen in my life. And not just that particular person, but any of his people. If I if I lived 300 years ago and I came from Ethiopia and I went to go to Mecca to make Hajj, I, I'm, I'm looking at Chinese people, right? And there's like millions of Muslim Chinese. I have never even seen a Chinese person in my life, let alone that, that specific Chinese person. I haven't met any of those hundreds and hundreds of thousands or those thousands of Muslims that you're seeing performing Umrah like you or Hajj like you but we're all performing the same pilgrimage we're all doing the same actions we all have the same thing in our heart so that's a kind of like unity that's amazing and beautiful but what happens is when we start to practice the religion and we most of us live when we start to live or we grow up in a western society where um we see that kind of diversity within us you know where like Two minutes away, there's a mosque where there's mostly Arabs. And then four minutes away, there's a mosque with mostly Pakistanis. Five minutes away, there's a mosque with mainly Somalis. There's five minutes away, uh, there's a mosque with Indonesians. So you're really living in a melting pot of not just like the world, but of Muslims. So you start to notice first you're, when you start practicing um, the way I guess shaitan will start to play with you. Um, and it's just human nature a lot of times where you always... if you start to look at more finer and finer details and you start to notice, okay, there's actually some differences that we're doing, right? There's actually some differences in terms of the way we're like, we're living our lives as Muslims. You know, we, maybe us, like I see some people from this part of the, like from this part of the Muslim world, they're holding their hands like a little higher, like upon their chest when they're praying, looking at these people from this part of the world, they're holding their hands below their belly buttons. Some people are holding it on their sides. You know, what the heck is going on? You know, I'm seeing some people, they're connecting their feet when they're praying. I'm seeing some people, they're not. I see some people, you know, I went to a wedding from this, like, I thought we're all Muslims. Why are they doing this in their wedding? Why are they doing that? And what happens is a lot of times we start to develop this kind of thinking where look at the way culture 
because we when we see all these differences we we only have one result as to why are the pakistanis doing this why are they wearing shawar kameez you know why aren't they all wearing thobes like the rest of us or something like that you start to think okay you know what the the what's making us different what's splitting us up what's dividing us is culture culture is what's making us different culture is what's uh, if we removed culture and this is like become a mindset of so many of us and it's like that kind of thing that Ali Dawa said in his thing, or I think now it's like a meme on Twitter or whatever. It was just like, you know, marriage used to be really beautiful before culture came and mixed and messed everything up or something like that. We start to have that kind of mentality and approach to the way we practice our religion or the, the way we see our Muslim brothers and sisters where look at how culture is dividing us and messing us up. Look at the way culture is, um, you know, differentiating us and, you know, causing you to do this, causing me to do that. You know, if we just... And, if you just removed culture, we would all be practicing Islam the same way. We there wouldn't be as much, you know, innovations or bid'ah or you know all these different differences. We'd really be united as an ummah, right? And that's a lot of that's the mentality I had for a long time. Um, and there are many like good and valid points that come with that reasoning, right? Where that kind of mentality, where because yes, a lot of times. You know, we come from, let's say, as an example, you see people from um, one part of the world, you know, they're doing this one thing and they're the way, the way something they do after prayer or whatever. And you'd be like, Yo, what the heck is going on? Like, why are they doing that? And if you check and you analyze, you will see that, you know, this country long time ago, they used to practice this other folk, like this folk or traditional religion or whatever. And they've kind of adopted and mixed in that cultural practice into the religion, the way they practice Islam today. And that's something obvious that you could see because you can compare like these are the guys. These guys are the only ones doing this thing. Nobody, you don't. There's so many other Muslims for so from so many different parts of the world, and they're not doing that. So this must be an innovation, something added to the religion of Islam. It's you know it's modifying or it's like it's um, it's making the pure religion unpure. It's you're adding something that's already been perfected, making it imperfect, and. A lot of times, those kind of things are valid points, and uh, that's one of the like you know the benefits of you know analyzing and seeing culture where it's not helping. But at the same time, a lot of us, what we do is that we take this totalitarian approach or this kind of you know thinking where you know we must re- remove culture in all aspects of the way we practice our religion. You know, we we can't we have to all be uniform. We all have to all be the same, and this is something that I've had like that kind of mindset for a long time and um you know i used to think it was something that you know uh as you get older you'll get but there's some people who got it right away you know i wasn't as fortunate or smart or wise or you know uh, god didn't give me that you know that the ability to realize it then um and i'm slowly realizing it now um but there's people who are still very old who've gone into their old age and still have this mentality this mentality of we all have to be the same we all have to dress the same we all have to act the same but you know when you start to actually learn more and more about the religion of islam and the way islam has been practiced and if you just start to analyze more and more about our ummah and our nation today you realize that that kind of mentality and that kind of thinking where culture must be removed actually goes against the essence and the beauty of what is what makes islam so like great right we know we like a lot of us or many of us 
uh, know about that verse in the Quran where you know Allah says, "O mankind, indeed we have created you from male and female and made you people and tribes, so that you may know one another. Indeed, the most noble, noble of you in the sight of Allah is the most righteous of you. Indeed, Allah is the knowing and acquainted." A lot of times we hear this ayah and we, you know, we use this kind of like as um, a verse that talks about there's no superiority amongst any of us because it talks in the end of the ayah it talks about how the best of us are those who have you know taqwa or you know piety and God consciousness of God uh, of Allah and this is something that's that's only known to Allah Allah only Allah knows the true extent of this so we have to treat each other with equality we can't because we can't tell what's in each other's heart so we have to treat each other on the basis of equality and Allah is the one who knows who's best between of between us but the first part of the ayah if we if we actually look at it it says that Allah has created us into nations and tribes so that we may know one another the diversity the differences a lot of times that we have is on purpose it's something created by Allah it's something that is meant to be and this is not just necessarily the in terms of practice like the actual practices in terms of you know where you're holding your hand on your chest or below your belly button this is more in terms of fiqh um which also is understanding and appreciating a kind of diversity in terms of um of in terms of usul in terms of like you know understanding of the quran and the sunnah um that's a kind of different topic but in terms of cultural things like why isn't everybody wearing a thobe? Why isn't everybody, um, you know, why does this mosque, why does the design look like this? This doesn't look like a mosque to me. Why are you walking in here with, um, you know, why are you wearing here? Why are you walking here with uh, those pants? You know, those, those, that's not Islamic clothing. Why aren't you wearing Islamic clothing? A lot of times we have this kind of mentality, this kind of thinking. Or if we see a convert, um, you know, somebody who's accepted Islam and, you know, they're American, you know, we say, yo, why aren't you? So when as soon as they accept the Islam, they don't. You don't say, okay, so um, do you know how to pray the five daily prayers? Do you know the you know the five um pillars of Islam or the six pillars of Iman or faith? Uh, do you know uh what you need to do? What are your next steps? Do you have a home to stay at? Will your parents kick you out? All this stuff. Instead, one of the first questions we ask is, okay, so Bill. Uh, what's your Muslim name now? Hey, Joseph, what's your Muslim name now? You know, Joseph, Joseph, come here, come here. Uh, you know, this uh, name you have here, Joseph, in Arabic, we have Yusuf. So this one, is this your name now? Yusuf, mashallah, like Yusuf alayhi salam, thank you. What, we have this kind of mentality where we have to assimilate the person into a culture. And, you know, <laughs> we notice it because then a lot of times you're, okay, yeah, if I'm going to this Pakistani mosque or this Pakistani masjid, you know, you have to assimilate. You got to wear the shalwar qameez or if you go to the Arab one, you have to wear a thobe and stuff like that. This kind of thinking actually, like, it does so much bad in terms of uniting the ummah because... When you don't appreciate diverse, and this is something that doesn't have to just do with Islam, but you know you can notice this in politics or you know demographics and whatnot. When you focus on, when you try very hard to unite everybody and assimilate and wipe out, create a melting pot and wipe out people's you know individuality, you you start to forget. Everybody starts to forget themselves, and you start to become weaker. You know you're so. <laughs> I hate. To copy this kind of like political rhetoric or whatever slogan from Justin Trudeau, but you know, diverse strength is truly in diversity. You know, if everybody's the same, what kind of strength do we have? What do we? What do you bring to the table that I don't bring, and what do I bring to the table that you don't bring? Why do we have the, we? 
unfortunately, we have this kind of mentality, some of us or many of us, where we have to look the same, we have to adopt a certain culture, we have to adopt a certain way to live, uh, in terms of like the way our, our appearances and whatnot, we have to all look uniform for us to really be united as an ummah. But this is really not the case. If we and you know sometimes people say you know why are you dressing up in you know pants and a shirt and you're coming to a masjid? Why don't you dress up Islamically or something like that? You know you're copying the non-Muslims. You know you. If you think like this, this is like a very backward way of thinking, and it, a lot of times it will blow back in your face. I mean, if you look at it, for an example, if you were to walk into a Pakistani masjid, um, and you know a Pakistani kid comes teenager or whatever and he comes in with like uh, a snapback you know wearing it backwards or whatever and you know all the uncles you know giving him like dirty looks and like shaking their heads and whatnot people are like ah astaghfirullah look at this boy he comes here like this people have that kind of mentality but you know oh, he's trying to copy kuffar he's trying to copy non-muslim but if you if you look at it like you're, the way you're wearing your clothes right now you're wearing a shalwar khamis this is not something that you know uh, you guys started wearing when Islam came and you guys adopted this from, you know, the companions of the Prophet. I mean, if we look into the Hindus of India, they're wearing the exact same clothes that you're wearing. They're wearing shalwar khamis just like you are. They might call it something else or something different. I'm not sure, but it's the same type of clothing. You know, once upon a time, that would be copying Hindu clothing, right? Why are you changing it now? What I think a lot of what we need to do as Muslims is to try and adopt our cultural our culture that doesn't ad- clash with the religion that doesn't cut ca- like so things that are not innovations or bid'ah, but things that can you know beautify and show not only that Islam is diverse, but to the people who are not yet Muslims from your culture and from your communities that they don't have to sacrifice their culture and their language and their uh, way of life. For an a, an alien one, like I can say specifically, let's say for Ethiopia, right? There's really like depending on some parts of Ethiopia, I guess they do, but most Ethiopian Muslims don't have a specific uh, Ethiopian type of uh, dressing or Ethiopian Muslim type of dressing. Um, you know, there is Ethiopian cultural clothing, but a lot of times our mentality and our thinking is if we dress and wear that, you know, we're copying the Christians or we're wearing the clothes of the Christians, right? That is such a backward way of thinking because now we think the only way we can truly dress as Muslims is if we wear an Arab thobe or if we have the Arab uh, shemar or the cafe, the scarf, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And what happens is then the let's Ethiopia is still majority non-Muslim or at least half non-Muslim. Now all these Ethiopian uh, Christians are looking at us and saying, "Look at these people." You know, they say they accept Islam. But they're also accepting Arabic culture, Arab culture. You know, look at the way they're being influenced by Arab culture. You know, at least us, us Ethiopian Christians, we're true Ethiopians. We're sticking with our culture and our clothing. And Ethiopian Muslims at the same time, if if I were to walk in, if, uh, if you were to walk in with Ethiopian cultural clothing into a mosque, people would be like, what are you doing here wearing that? Like, what are you, is your, what are you saying? You know, is your mind like, oh, good? People have that kind of mentality and that kind of thinking. And it doesn't help because now you're separating, you're, you're basically saying to be a Muslim, you have to sacrifice your Ethiopian identity. And if there's an Ethiopian Christian who finds the religion of Islam appealing and the, everything makes sense in terms of the creed and whatnot, they know that Muhammad is the final messenger. They read the Quran and they say, yes, this is the book. This is a book from God. There's no way this could have come from any human. And they fall in love with the religion. But then they face the identity crisis of if I accept this religion, 
I'm going to have to sacrifice my culture. And my culture is true. I can't deny the color of my skin. I can't deny the language of my people. I can't deny the place where I was born and I was raised. And now you're making a dilemma, a dilemma from something that should not be a dilemma, a dilemma at all, right? And this harms the actual effort of us trying to bring more people to the light of Islam because now you're scaring people away and you're making people think, damn, I can't be a Muslim and wherever I come from. And if you, the, you know, most people who do this or have this kind of mentality, not most, that would be unfair, but a lot of people have this mentality are people who already come from places where Islam is the majority and they don't have to worry about that. But think about 100, 500 years ago or whatever, you know, your, the country that you live in right now, you would have had that same dilemma, right? So you have to, and now it's easy. Now a Pakistani can wear a shalal khamiz and not have to worry about copying a Hindu because, you know, everybody's Muslim amongst us now. But that kind of mentality still hampers the people who are trying to call people to Islam from Nigeria or whatever, stuff like that. And what I really like about Nigerians is that, you know, they wear their cultural clothing and they it's easy. It's easy and acceptable to go to their masjid wearing their cultural clothing. And, you know, a lot of times we confuse, we see a Christian wearing that kind of thing. We're like, oh, aren't you wearing Muslim clothing? Because it looks the same, right? But they've been able to adopt it and make mesh it into their Muslim identity. Something which a lot of us still haven't been able to do. And that falls a lot on the West, where we live now. Where, you know, when we go to the masjid, we wear something totally different from where we uh, what what we wear when we go to work or school or whatever and that's not a bad thing right like if you wear a thobe or you know cultural clothing or whatever islamic islamic in your mind clothing that's good too there's nothing wrong with that but it's when you start criticizing other people for not wearing doing the same thing that you're doing something that is not a compulsory thing that's something that's not a fault that's not a must right now you're forcing something that hasn't been forced by Allah or His Messenger onto other people. As long as you're covering your aura, as long as you're wearing respectable clothing, as long as you're covering what you're supposed to cover in the religion, you're good. You shouldn't have to worry about what people might think you're you, like culturally. You're not, or you're not wearing what's culturally appropriate to the masjid when it's culturally appropriate to the country that you live in, right? People like I, people will look at you and be if you wear like a suit to a message, people are like, oh, you're a modernist. Huh? You're trying to change the religion of Islam. You're trying to, you know, you're liberal or something. What kind of mentality is that? Like, it's so backwards because <laughs> I don't know. I, I, obviously, it comes from a good place in your heart. But <laughs> when you're calling when you're calling people to Islam, you call people to the religion of Islam. You call people to the Quran. You call people to the Sunnah. You call people to the essence of the religion. What was like revealed? You're not calling them to your culture. You're not calling them. It's not a cultural. Uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, cultural sharing experience. Whatever. This is not show and tell for your own. Oh, I'm from Pakistan and I'm from Ethiopia. I'm from Somalia. This is what we wear in our country. No, this is you're trying to guide people to the truth and not let them run away. You're trying to save humanity. The last thing you should be doing is trying to get them on board to your cultural bandwagon of let's all wear this or let's all wear that um, or change your name to this or change your name to that. As long as a person has a good name Islamically, they're under no obligation at all to change. And this is the kind of mentality I believe is holding a lot of us back. Um, and it shows that and not only in terms of that one, but in terms of our whole unity. We lose the beauty, we lose the diversity that, you know, Allah talks about in the Quran when he made us tenacious and tribes. That means he made us different from one another so that we may know one another, so that we may be able to say, yeah, you're, oh, look at him wearing this thing. Or, oh, I know you're from this part and you can start talking to him in his language and you guys start to feel kind of 
you know a community or like just a kind of sense of um you know familiarity where like i have never met you in your life but i've met your cousins 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 from your tribe and your ethnicity and your culture and your thing i and automatically like when somebody comes to me and starts speaking to me and i'm hard you know a lot of times they'll be like those they'll speak in like feminine words like they'll say dananish way like how are you but for a girl because a lot of times they learn it to try to hit on an ethiopian girl but that's a totally different topic but anyways when they come to me they start speaking to me and i'm hark i'm like shocked like oh how do you know i'm hark and they say oh you know i used to have a friend who's from your country and you know he taught me this and he taught me that and it's such a beautiful thing where like you're able to connect like that's what i love doing i like like i let i try and learn how to say how are you in every language that i possibly can and living in toronto you bump into people from all over the world so you can never truly cover every language but it's so beautiful to just bump into people and say hey oh you're from this country and it's to say one two words to say oh i know oh how's your capital city da, 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 or you know how's your president da, 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 or whatever just popping all those things and you've never met this person but that person already feels so much closer to you because you've been able to, you you don't know him but you know his tribe you know his people you know his nation and when we when i talked about at the beginning one of the beautiful things i find in islam is the unity and the diversity and of course culture culture sometimes when it affects the theology when it affects the actual you know the beliefs it can uh destroy the unity that we have it can it can destroy um the type of connection that we have as an ummah and that we should we should stay away from but at the same time we should appreciate that culture also enhances the second part of that the diversity part which makes it so beautiful because there's no point having this beautiful diversity of muslims coming all over the world if we all just look and act the same if we are all uniform it that doesn't help but when we're all practicing the same religion we all have the same belief in our heart we're all praying we're all praying praising one one direction praying to one god when we're making the same prayers when we're doing all we're giving the same actions when we're making the same pilgrimage but we all look each other we all look different from each other we all have different skin tones we all have different clothes on we all have different hairstyles we all have different looks we have all the, we're speaking different languages we all have all these different kind of uh, outer appearances but our inner inner self is the same that's what makes islam beautiful so culture yes it might hamper one thing throwing away culture will throw away the thing that makes us beautiful and makes us the greatest nation that's ever been raised amongst mankind and that's why culture is needed in the religion of islam and needed by muslims so that's just uh my thoughts and my um yeah just i needed i needed to talk i need to let that out yeah let me know what kind of podcasts or whatever you want to hear i just kind of threw this out here just for fun uh but yeah i'm gonna try and uh, also let me know what other things you guys use to listen uh i'm gonna try and get on apple Podcasts and whatever all that stuff maybe upload on like youtube um but yeah this is fun to do just talk i don't care if only five people listen to this uh i think i've made a difference in the world today so i'm very proud of myself i'm very proud of myself uh allahumma barak me <laughs> thank you guys for listening jazakallah khair jazakallah khairan and uh yeah Hopefully listen to and get to meet each other or see each other or hear each other soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.